Hello and welcome. You are listening to LOL Storytime, a storytime podcast for kids that may also appeal to your next door neighbor, Sally. Today's story is called Pirates for Hire. This episode is ad-free, so if you're interested in supporting the podcast, please consider leaving us a review as it will really help us out. With all that out of the way, let's get into it. This is the story of Alex and his best friend Corey. Best buds since their diaper days and still going strong in the fourth grade. Which is saying a lot given that Alex's parents were always trying to keep the two boys apart. It wasn't so much that Corey was a bad kid or anything. Whenever the two came together, it always resulted in what Alex's parents labeled as poor choices. Some of these poor choices included the time in first grade when Corey convinced Alex to try a flying squirrel jump between two trees which worked out about as well as one might expect. Truth be told, it was actually a near success. If you ignore the broken leg, wrist, and collarbone. Then in the second grade, Alex's parents received a phone call from the principal because Alex and Corey had arrived at school dressed for what the boys had thought was a spirit day called underwear day. Oops. In their defense, what kind of spirit day is underwater day anyway? There was also that time in third grade Alex and Corey tried to teach themselves how to golf in Alex's backyard. They eventually clued in that this probably wasn't the best idea after the third busted window. So yeah, you might think by the fourth grade Alex would have learned his lesson, taken his parents' advice, and moved on. But what parents often fail to understand is you can't just ditch your best friend because they're a magnet for trouble. Especially when your best friend owns the biggest swimming pool in the neighborhood. So it was really no surprise that 4th grade didn't turn out to be any different, as was quickly discovered in the first month of the school year. Alex and Corey had succumbed to boredom and had begun passing notes back and forth. Passing notes during a class with a teacher like Mr. Pennyweather was like dancing naked in front of a blind person. Pennyweather could see just fine, but he was always too caught up in his long-winded teacher blah blah blahs to ever notice anything taking place right in front of him. Why the boys had thought passing notes was a good way to communicate is beyond me. Corey's handwriting looked like a toddler trying out a pencil for the first time. It took 45 minutes for Corey to simply explain that he was thinking about quitting boring old school to go look for a job. He probably could have whispered that in Alex's ear in less than 30 seconds. But hey, they were bored. So Alex agreed to join his friend, and when the recess bell rang, the boys made their way out to the school playground and then hopped over the fence when no one was looking. Just as a quick side note, this podcast does not condone leaving school property during recess, especially if there are bears, weirdos, or heaps of dog poop on the other side of the fence. Alex and Corey began searching for cool places to get a job, and really, Working just about anywhere had to be more fun than listening to Mr. Pennyweather blab on and on about the history of whatever, or the science of who knows what. He had told the kids that after recess, he was going to teach them about how the pencil was invented. Seriously, Mr. Pennyweather? As the boys made their way down the street, they first came across a local police station, and were like, cha-ching, jackpot! What could be better than handcuffing robbers and eating donuts all day? So they approached two officers that were chatting out front of the station and asked if they could join the force. 
Now, had they known that 10 minutes of laughing was just going to end with a big fat no, it probably wouldn't have stuck around for so long. The next stop was the fire station, which also seemed like a pretty dope place to work. And these dudes were actually really nice. They even let Alex and Corey give firefighting a try. Unfortunately, flailing about in the sky on an out-of-control fire hose made it pretty clear that they were not the right guys for the job. The next place down the road was the toilet store. Please take this job, begged the store owner. But the boys couldn't have gotten away from that place any faster. By this time, it was getting pretty close to lunch, and the boys were beginning to feel discouraged. Just as they were about to give up, they heard someone call over to them. Are you fine lads looking for a job by chance? They caught sight of a man who appeared to be wearing the best Halloween pirate costume they'd ever seen. Looking for a job? Dude, are you serious? That's exactly what we're doing, answered Corey. I see, I see. And have either of you ever worked on a pirate ship before? Asked the pirate costume guy, who they were now starting to realize might actually be a legitimate pirate. For real? Of course not. You realize we're like 10 years old, right? Arr, the perfect age for a new pirate. I'm sure you've fired many a cannon before. Now this dude may have been a little clueless when it comes to knowing what skills 4th graders have, but once the boys heard the word cannon, they knew they needed to get in on this. Corey told the man they'd been firing cannons since like kindergarten, and that they were most certainly the perfect guys for the job. This seemed good enough for the pirate, and he told the boys to meet him again after lunch at the old abandoned dockyards ready for duty. Eh, <laughs> duty. When they showed up shortly after lunch, the pirate they had met was nowhere to be seen. But when they looked out towards sea, they saw what was the most pirate ship-looking pirate ship they had ever laid eyes on. For the record, this was actually the first and only pirate ship they had ever laid eyes on. As the ship pulled closer, several anchors were dropped and a small, narrow ladder-slash-drawbridge type thing was extended toward the edge of the dock. The boys were called aboard and did so without the appropriate amount of hesitation that kids should have when boarding a boat full of dirty strangers. As soon as they had boarded the ship, they immediately encountered two problems. First, everything reeked. It was the stench of 40 grown men who badly needed to have a shower, but probably had no clue what a shower even was. This level of stench would have sent most people running in the other direction. Alex and Corey, on the other hand, were professional fourth graders, whose noses were fortunately able to quickly adapt. When you're in the fourth grade, you get used to dealing with all sorts of stinky things. Wet socks, mildew boots, Taco Tuesday toots, flashing carpets that only get cleaned once a year, moldy sandwiches that get forgotten inside of desks, and so on. Yeah, so the smell was definitely not a deal breaker for them. But the real challenge was trying to follow what happened on board. It just looked like a lot of scruffy, eye-patch-wearing dudes running frantically in every direction, most of whom looked identical to one another, and none of whom spoke clearly enough to understand half of what they were saying. Lots of growling and yelling and ar this and ar that. Yet Alex and Corey figured this was still better than sitting in class listening to Mr. Pennyweather. It would all be totally worth it if they got to fire a cannon. The pirate who had hired the boys turned out to be the first mate, which they learned was kind of like the assistant to the captain. His name was Willie. Turns out there were also 10 other guys on board named Willie, which was ridiculously confusing. 
there were really only two pirates that stood out from all the others. Captain Fancy Pants, which was not actually his name, but he was the only one on board wearing nice clothes. Then there was Big Dizzy, who was the short, chubby fella that spent most of his time sitting around, eating and drinking and looking at maps. For all they knew, his name could have been Willie as well, but any time this dude tried walking, he seemed so dizzy you'd swear he'd just spent the last 10 minutes being spun on the tire swing back at school. Hence their nickname for him, Big Dizzy. By the end of their tour with First Mate Willie, the boys were feeling ready to get down to work. So, shall we fire off a few cannons for you there, Willie? Asked the boys. Arr, but ye first must sweep the lower decks. He answered and handed them a broom. Now, sweeping felt a little too much like doing chores at home, but they were willing to suffer through it if it meant they got to fire some cannons later. Sweeping the lower decks was super lame. First of all, the lower decks smelled extra stinky, and there was nothing fun happening down there. Mostly a bunch of crates, some dusty equipment, and a family of rats, one of whom they named Woody, because every time they saw him, he was munching on some wood. The boys began to wonder what wood even tasted like, but decided they would only give it a try if they had barbecue sauce on it. Whenever the boys were taking a break from sweeping, they'd spend their time looking out for enemy ships through those little round windows that boats have. They figured as soon as an enemy ship came into sight, they'd get the call for cannon duty. Heh, <laughs> duty. But this went on for like three days, sweeping and waiting, and every time they finished sweeping an area, it seemed to get dirty again ten minutes later. They decided it was time for a little chat with the first mate. After all, what good was having a job if it was more boring than school? Willie, can we stop sweeping already? We're ready to fire some cannons. Arr, but of course. We've been wondering when you'd get around to that. Wait, what? We've been down here below sweeping for like three days waiting for you. Arr, tis a funny thing, don't you think? Uh, so I guess we'll go fire some cannons then? Arr, fire away, we lads. Willie, uh, could someone maybe just give us a quick refresher on how exactly to fire a cannon? You know, we're a tad rusty. Arr, tis probably not the best to be learning from any of us. Most of us have stick legs and eye patches for a reason. We keep messing it up. But how about you go ask Willie number four over there? He still has all of his eyes, arms, and legs. Perhaps he knows. When they went over to ask Willie number four, they saw that he did indeed have all of his eyes, arms, and legs. But unfortunately, it seemed as though he was about to lose his mind. He was mid-hissy fit and on the brink of tears because one of the other Willies jokingly pulled on his eye patch until the elastic band was fully stretched out and then released it causing the patch to slap Willie number four on his face. I'm gonna tell the captain on you. You'll be sorry when he makes you walk the plank, you big weenie. The boys both glanced at each other with puzzled looks on their faces. This was the dude that was gonna teach them how to properly fire a cannon? I don't think so. Maybe they were better off not firing any cannons. Keeping all of their eyes, arms, and legs was kind of a big deal. They decided to go back and tell First Mate Willie that they were ready to quit and return to school. 
But as they were on their way to do just that, the captain shouted to the crew to announce that they had finally spotted the island that they had apparently been in search of this whole time. There were lots of cheers and commotion from the rest of the crew. The captain approached Alex and Corey and said to them, Boys, tis your lucky day. It seems we may have finally found our long-lost treasure. Since you two have been working so hard, you'll be rewarded handsomely with your fair share of the booty. Holy smokes, thought Alex. In all of the excitement of trying to find a job, he had forgotten the whole reason people work jobs in the first place. To get paid. And getting paid with treasure? They were about to become rich. He turned to Corey expecting to see a big grin across his face too. But Corey for some reason was laughing. Like hysterical laughing. Like Peter Pants kind of laughing. Booty, <laughs> he cried. Did you hear that, Alex? These guys are going to give us some booty. At first, Alex didn't catch on. But then he got it. But booty, booty, but... Can't wait to be rewarded with some pirate booty. <laughs> hey, Alex. <laughs> Alex almost started laughing too, but realized that the captain's expression had turned from joyful to majorly T.O.'d, clearly not sharing in the humor of the pirates naming their treasure after their butts. Alex quickly pulled Corey off to the side to allow the captain to get back to finding the so-called pirate butt. Everyone was gathered around Big Dizzy, who was proudly showing everyone the map. According to our map, he started, one of these three ridiculously large islands before us is like the one on this map with the big X on it. And then somewhere on that island is a buried treasure. Alex quickly cut in. Hey, uh, excuse me, sorry to interrupt, but doesn't your map show you which specific island it is and also where on the island the treasure can be found? Whoa now, hold on there, partner. That's some pretty advanced map reading skills you're talking about there. All we know is that one of these islands has the treasure. But we're not birds, so it's impossible to know which one. We'll start with the big island in the middle and start digging some holes. According to the X on the map, the treasure is everywhere. You can't be serious, exclaimed Alex. You made the X on your map so big it covers the entire island? At that moment, both Alex and Corey had a flashback to a book Mr. Pennyweather had just finished reading to their class, where this kid Stanley was forced to dig a boatload of holes in a hot desert. Nothing fun about that. That's it, Alex shouted. We quit. It's almost like you guys never even passed kindergarten. You're filthy, you fight with each other over baby stuff, you have no clue how to use a map, and clearly you've never been taught any safety rules. Only one guy on board with both of his eyes? Come on! And that was it. The boys quit their first ever job and returned to being regular old fourth graders. Believe it or not, they were actually looking forward to going back to school, even if Mr. Pennyweather had a tendency of boring them to the point of falling asleep. The pirates seemed pretty sad to see them go, and frankly the boys were a little sad too, but mostly just because they'd never get their share of any of the pirate butt. Now. You might be wondering what kind of trouble Alex and Corey got into with their parents when they got home. And believe me, that's a whole other story itself. 
but all the punishment was totally worth it just to be home among people who didn't smell like a filthy dump truck. Alex and Corey returned to school Monday morning excited to see their friends and teacher again. Though as they made their way down the school halls toward the fourth grade classroom, something unusual caught their eye in the kindergarten room. Something very unusual. Grown men and lots of them. Grown men practicing how to be friendly and share their belongings. Grown men practicing how to carry scissors safely. Grown men listening to the teacher explain how to locate things on a map of the school. And who were these grown men? Captain Fancy Pants, Big Dizzy, and a dozen or so different willies. We hope you enjoyed today's story. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast for more LOL stories. Catch you on the next one.